It's interesting, isn't it? We've had those readings today and it's all about holiness and righteousness and evil and darkness and we must remember that the Holy Bible is holy, it's God's word, it's God breathed. It is God speaking to us, whether it is the Old Testament or the New Testament. We know that Jesus said, I have come not to do away with the law, meaning the law of Moses, but I have come to fulfill it. And of course, the law of Moses is, well, there are so many, there's over 300 laws that the Jewish people have to obey, <coughs> which is very hard. We find it very difficult to obey. Excuse me. <coughs> um, but he's not saying I'm doing away with that, but I'm come to fulfill it because it's a law of love. It's a law of holiness. It's a law of righteousness. It's a law of purity. To love one another to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so when we're on the road with Jesus at Capernaum, the disciples are arguing with each other. Well, who's going to be the greatest? Because, of course, Peter, John, and James had been taken up the mountain to see the transfiguration of Jesus. They'd also been taken into the room where a little die, girl had died, Tabitha, and they'd seen him raise her from the dead. So they were probably thinking, well, of course, they'll be first and we'll be last. And they were jostling for position in rank. And of course, that's not what it's about. Our life in Christ is a life of serving others before serving ourselves. Living for Jesus, not for ourselves. And of course, we are selfish. We are self-centered, we want to be noticed. Because there is that inherent fallen nature in all of us. We're all a fallen creature. And it is only through Jesus Christ that he can raise us up from our fallen nature that we can do away with that selfishness and that self-centeredness and begin to think of others before ourselves. Jesus actually said, didn't he? go the extra mile for someone. Give your tunic to someone if they ask you. Those are hard things that Jesus asks of us in the New Testament as well as in the Old Testament. He calls us to a new life. He calls us to the cross. We have come today to meet with Jesus. We've come to meet with the risen Christ in the breaking of bread, in the pouring of the wine, but also in one another too. We've come to meet the risen Christ, but we all have to go to the cross. We meet with him at the foot of the cross for forgiveness. Because when we see Jesus on the cross, we see that he is taking the evil that is in the world. And James said in his letter that we've just had read for us, that we are to submit to God and resist the devil. We are to live a different life. When we have Jesus within us, we are called to holiness. We are called to a new life. And so therefore, 
when we come to him at the foot of the cross, we have to confess our sins. We have to confess our selfishness, the thoughts we have, the actions that we have, but mostly that we have ignored God. We have not included him in everything of our lives. We are to confess our need of him. And that is what Jesus is doing when he takes a child and places the child in the midst of them. Now, I expect that there would not have been just the 12 disciples there. He was in a house. There would have been a lot of people there listening to him. And as he places the child in the midst of them, he is saying that we all need to be like a small child. We need to humble ourselves and be dependent on God. That is what we need to confess, not just the things we've dead, done, said, or, or thought, but to confess that we have ignored God, we have not depended on him. Because James goes on to say, doesn't he, that we are earthly and our thoughts are earthly. We need the thoughts that come from heaven. And the only way we're going to have those thoughts come from heaven are by reading God's word and praising him and praying to him, asking him to conform our mind, our heart, our life to Jesus, to become more dependent on God. That is what humility is about. Because when he picks up the child in his loving arms, a child is dependent on an adult. A child, especially a baby, I'll be doing a baptism later on, and that little baby, that child is totally dependent on its parents to provide for its every need. Now Paul says that my God provides for all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to acknowledge with God that we need him to provide for our lives. You see, we are so strong in ourselves, there's nothing wrong with that. And we think we can provide for ourselves. Of course we can. God has given us gifts to go out and earn money so we don't have to rely on someone else to provide for us. But ultimately, we need to constantly be reminded that we depend totally on God. We depend totally on his love for us. He is God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that is in and upon them. That's how we address God. Read the Acts of the Apostles when all the new Christians were praying. That's how they opened with prayer. I can't remember which chapter, but have a look, you'll find it. It was when I think Peter was in prison and they were all praying together. <coughs> Excuse me. We acknowledge God being dependent on God when we remind ourselves of God who he is. He is almighty. And we are to come near to him. And when we come near to him, we're coming near to a holy fire. We're coming near 
to a holy love. We're coming near to the creator of everything. And yet, like on that day when Jesus took that small child in his arms, we are lifted up in his loving arms. He loves us. He wants the best for us. If you carry on reading Jeremiah, it goes on to say in chapter 29, I know the plans I have for you. For good, not for evil. And so we need to constantly remind ourselves that God's loving arms in Christ Jesus are around us, holding us, and that we depend on him and he will never fail us, even though he is almighty, even though he's a holy God, he, there's a holy fire of, of his presence, if you like, around him, of love and goodness and peace and truth, we can still come to him as a child, as a child who needs his love, as a child that can live comfortably in his presence. And in order to live comfortably in his presence, we have to forgive. We have to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive others. We have to forgive because then when we forgive someone, we can be forgiven. There's nothing too hard for God. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of love and goodness and truth. And he longs for his children to call him father. And so that is the wisdom that James was talking about. That if you read in Proverbs, Proverbs 3, we lean not on our own understanding, not on our own ability, but we lean on God, lean on every word of God. We need to know him more. We need to love him more. And the more we know him, the more we love him, the more self disappears. And the more we are able to love others. Now, for some of us, there may be all sorts of things going on in our lives. Perhaps we've been given news that we weren't expecting. Perhaps we're worried about a loved one. Perhaps we're worried about our grandchildren or our children. Perhaps we have anxieties. But Jesus says, just come to me. God, <laughs> who is Jesus? He is God. The world was created through him. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Come to Jesus. No matter how young or how old we are, we come to meet with the Jesus on the cross. But it doesn't end at the cross because we see that he has risen from the dead. He is alive here now with us in our hearts. He has risen from the dead that we may have his life, a new life, a life enriched by the word of God, a life that is made pure and holy, a life of righteousness. We fail, we fall down, 
We know that. We make big mistakes. We all do. I've probably made loads more than you have in my life. But there is Jesus ready to pick us up and to hold us as he held that child. So what I want you to do now is I want you to close your eyes and try and see Jesus on the cross. See the pain and the suffering and the agony that is in him. And just look into that face that is looking at you with such love, a love that is beyond our imagining. And receive that love, receive that forgiveness. But it doesn't end there. Keep your eyes closed because I want you to go on that day, the third day when he rose again. And he's standing before you now as he does every moment of every day in his glory, in his splendor, in his majesty. His clothes are so white they dazzle your eyes. Just see him there. And he walks toward you and holds you. He takes you in his arms and says, you are my child, I love you. Do not be afraid. I am with you every step of the way. Receive his peace. Receive his presence. Receive his holiness for your life. Receive his purity. Receive his truth and his goodness upon you and within you. Let him melt your heart so that it's a heart for him and not for you. Amen. Loving Father, I don't know whether that has affected anyone here. But Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us that as we leave this place, we will leave transformed and changed into your image of love and goodness and truth. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't love, when we find it very difficult. But Lord, nothing is impossible for you. Fill us afresh that people may see Jesus within us. Amen.